Today I want to talk to you about triple vision. Not double vision, triple vision. And the reason we have to have triple vision is because if we're going to change forward this year, we've got to think the way God thinks. God does not think by circumstances that we have to handle at the moment they arrive. God is a prophetic God. God is a God of the revelation. God is the God of the illumination. God is the God that brings understanding. God is the one who knows what's going to happen today, tomorrow, next week, next year, 10,000 billion years from now. God is never surprised. So what happens is when hindsight is 2020 vision, that means you're constantly looking behind and you missed first seeing it forward. Do I need to say that again? There are many that are living the, the, the hindsight 2020 vision as believers because as believers, we have forgotten to have our vision forward. If you're always looking behind, you'll never see the prophetic design of God. The church is always and as usually, individually and corporately, many times, we are always fielding our problems. We're fielding our situations where God is not surprised. So when the body of Christ comes to the revelation of heaven, when we come to the place of understanding that God reveals, that these are the children of God who are led by the Spirit of God, that we come to a posture to where we're not shocked, we're not in dismay, we're not in chaos. This whole event that's happening across our country has put our country in a great spiral. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not upset about it. I'll tell you why. Because I know the God that I serve. I know him, I love him, I'm following him, and I don't care who gets in office, what happens in the politics, I know that the church Church, the kingdom of God will not be destroyed because God promised it. That is the revelation of heaven that supersedes the catastrophic things that are happening around us, even amongst our own personalities. Amen. The Bible is very clear. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. God reveals prophetically, you're saying, well, I mean, I don't know any prophets. I want you to realize the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of you will give you the clear direction of what he has for your life. He is not going to hold you in the dark. He is not going to play hide and seek with you. He is not saying, listen, I'm going to give you a bone. I'm just going to kind of move you a little bit. Listen, God wants to reveal to you, I love what Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And as a friend, God reveals through his spirit where and what he's doing. The church does not need to be in surprise. The church does not need to be taken aback. You and I as believers, we can't live in hindsight, 2020 vision. We have got to live in triple vision, and that is the vision in understanding of God. What is vision? Well, I love what Helen Keller said. She said it this way. Blindness is an unfortunate handicap, but true vision does not require eyes. Because vision is not birthed out of your head or out of your eye socket. 
Vision is birth out of your spiritual man. Vision is birth from the inside. And God wants us to live as believers who are going to live not by natural sight, for I walk by and not by. Could I grab a drink real quick, young man? Thank you. When we learn how to live by faith, when we learn how to walk in not natural sight, but spiritual sight, then the things of this earth are going to come into order in your life. If you're struggling, then you need to bring order to your life through the understanding of the prophetic revelation of God for you. You're not going to get this teaching in an ecclesiastical church. You're not going to get this type of teaching in an ecumenical church. You're not going to get this kind of teaching in a church that just wants you to come, throw a few bucks in the plate and go home. This is the body of Christ where we must hear the word of God. We must walk under the anointing of the spirit to fulfill God's purpose for our life. And that is not going to come without prophetic vision. Say amen. amen. Now I'm going to cough and hack for just a second. <coughs> That broke every CDC rule there was. Sorry. Three types of vision. I've got to be quick. The first type of vision that we've got to talk about is God's ultimate vision. God has an ultimate vision and an ultimate will that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what government you are. It doesn't matter how much firepower you have. It doesn't matter how many people you have, how many billions of dollars, trillions of dollars are in your account. God's will will be accomplished. God has a vision, and this is important. God always sees it before he says it. God always sees where he's going before he ever moves in that direction. That's why someone came to me one day and said, well, pastor, I'm going to move on. I just, I just feel the Holy Spirit telling me to move on from this church. And I said, oh, you know, I understand. You know, people move and people go on. I said, where are you going? Well, I'm not really sure. I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me. I said, the only time you ever saw somebody wander in the scripture were the children of Israel when they refused to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. You are never called to wonder. You are never called to be confused. You are never called to live in chaos. And if that is in your life, then you know that you're not living in prophetic vision. Amen. God's will, God's vision, the ultimate design of heaven is something that is clearly penned out within the scriptures. You see, if you've ever wanted to know God's will, God's will is right here. God is not hiding himself. God is not saying I'm going to shock you and dismay you. No, God says that my ultimate vision, my ultimate will is right here in these scriptures. And if you follow my prophetic vision, you follow my prophetic word, I'll give you the clarity of direction so that you can live in victory no matter what problems are coming down the pathway. God's ultimate will is simply this. I hold my word above my name, Psalms 138, 138.2. God's word will fulfill itself. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to try to 
bring up a, a, a fresh idea of helping God. I know a lot of folks that try to help God. You don't have to help God. God already has it in his pocket. He knows what he's doing. He already knows the direction he's going. God is not lost. I said, God is not lost. The ultimate vision of God is clear, especially in the time and the season that we're living. There will always be a remnant. God has always, always placed for a remnant of people. The Bible says in the last days that there'll be a great delusion that will come upon people. That in the last days that the love of many shall wax cold. That in the last days that even the elect will be deceived. But God will always have a remnant. We're watching now as we've never seen before, as it was actually a prophetic utterance from Brother Ted Shuttlesworth last year, that whatever could be undone would be undone last year. And one of the things that we saw more than anything else, we saw pastors, I'm talking large name pastors right down from our city, falling, that had been living in sin. Now their, their whole ministries are collapsing or their ministry has collapsed because God is done playing games. The end times are upon us. And the church has to understand prophetic vision. There will be a rapture of the church, whether you like it or not. The trumpet of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is going to happen whether you like it or not. There will be a great tribulation period. There will be an antichrist. And as Brother Tiff proved two and a half years ago on Thanksgiving, that the antichrist is actually alive today and already on the planet. And we're seeing the world being set up for this last day that God is going to bring his church home. And that the before that happens, the third great awakening and this is where you and I have to posture ourselves in the prophetic vision are we going to have church or are we going to live within God's vision God wills that none should perish but that all should come to repentance God's design is that I'm going to bring in a harvest that no one has ever seen before I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh as he declared in the book of Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 we're going to see an outpouring like we've never seen before but not all churches are going to see it not all people are going to see it because they ignore, they don't pay attention to the ultimate vision, the ultimate will of God that no man can stop. There will be a judgment of the saints. You and I will stand before a holy God. There will be a one world government. There will be a great tribulation period. There will be a battle of Armageddon. There will be a second coming. There will be a millennial reign of Christ. There will be a great white throne judgment. There will be people thrown in the lake of fire. There will be a brand new heaven and a new earth. We will have every single person judged as humanity on this planet. That is going to happen whether anybody likes it or not. That is the will of God. That is the vision of God spelled out with clarity in the scripture. Either you are in or you are out. Say it again. Either you are in to the ultimate vision and will of God or you are out. There is no in between. There is no, well, I don't know. Listen, you don't have to not know. It's there. There are churches after churches, and we're seeing it right now. This is the great apostasy of the body of Christ. 
The great apostasy of the body of Christ. The word apostasy means a great leaving. The great apostasy isn't that the people are leaving the buildings. The great apostasy is that they're leaving, leaving the vision and the will of God. See, you can sit in a sanctuary, you can stand behind the pulpit and still go to hell. The ultimate will of God, the ultimate vision of God is that none should perish, but people will perish because we're going to choose not to follow the will of heaven. If you are going to have, I lost my title. There you go. Triple vision. Thank you for taking notes. The very first vision you got to have is not yours, but God's. Amen. Are you in alignment with God? Are you in obedience to God? This is big. There are a lot of people that have so deceived themselves to thinking that they're okay because they're nice people. Nice people will not go to heaven. This is not an all-inclusive religion. This is God's kingdom. And God's vision and God's will is what we follow. God don't follow us, we follow God. What's happened is many people are getting themselves in trouble because they've led themselves and then they call on God to fix it. You know you don't have to fix problems if you're following the one who's going to keep you out of problems. Say amen. amen. We've got to pay attention. God's vision is above our vision. God's vision is above your purposes, your design, what you like or dislike. Someone said to me once, well, you know what? There's nothing wrong. I'm, I'm having sex with my girlfriend, but there's nothing wrong with that. We love each other. You're going to hell. But, 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 hindsight. But, but, but. You don't want hindsight when you're looking up from the lake of fire. You want foresight. Where God says, don't have sex before your marriage. Don't have sex with somebody that's not your spouse. Amen. Don't get drunk. But pastor, if pot becomes legal, is it okay now? Come on now. You know what's amazing to me is the ignorance of the body of Christ. Oh, I've just got to throw this in. This would be free. Galatians chapter 5, talking about the sins of the flesh. One of the sins of the flesh is called witchcraft. When you study the word witchcraft, it literally means pharmacia. It's where we get our words drugs. So when you're taking drugs or doing things that are illegal and talking, smoking weed, and the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind, I could preach a whole sermon on why not, why not to smoke pot then what you're doing is you're actually lowering the guard and allowing demonic entities to activate in your life. And I know that because if you study any other religion, the majority of them always have some type of drug so they can enter into the spirit realm. You gotta pay attention. The second type of will of God, or the will, 
vision. Is God's vision and will for his church. I'm trying to hustle. God has a will for his church. I know man has messed up the body of Christ. Say amen. amen. I know we've trusted people. We've looked at people. We've had leaders. We've even had entire denominations that have collapsed and destroyed themselves. Say amen. amen. The average denomination only lasts 70 years before absolute corruption enters in and it starts to destroy itself. We're looking at pastors who have, literally, like I was just saying a little earlier, all the way down to him, I mean, his name is worldwide. Now his name is even worldwider. As people are mocking because I thought he was a preacher. We've got to know that God has a will for his church, that you and I are not here meeting because we need a kumbaya moment. We are meeting because God said, forsake not the assembling of yourself as the matter of some is, especially in the last days. This is that great movement that the enemy has been now posturing against the will of God, against the vision of God. God saw the church. He saw his son as the head of the church. He placed him as the head of the church. And God's design is that we meet together, not only in a corporate anointing like this, but also in homes, as it was described in the book of Acts. They not only met in the synagogue daily, but they also meant at homes, which we call small groups. They met so they could build each other, strengthen each other. That as persecution came upon the church, there was a strength not only from within the, of the God they serve, but also from the brothers and sisters encouraging one another. Well, today is called today. We've got to recognize that the church was not accidental, that the church was not the will of man, but that the church today is established because of the vision of God, because of the vision of heaven, because of the will of the king. God has declared that I have vision that is ultimate, that will ultimately come to fruition. The, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church, but the gates of hell shall prevail against churches because even though God has an ultimate will and a vision for his church, if you don't follow the blueprint, then you're going to miss the entire plan of heaven. That's my great concern. Listen, I'm, I'm not picking on anybody who's online, but I'm telling you right now, if you're online and the only reason you're online is because you are lazy, then you're going to find that there's going to be a great loss in the last days for you. If you're online because you're scared of COVID, well, then I need you to check where your fear base is because the opposite of faith is fear. I walk by faith. Oh, excuse me. I walk by fear and not by faith. You know, we've got to make some decisions in our lives. Governments cannot control the kingdom of God. This is God's kingdom. We've got to make decisions. Not because we're trying to be problematic, but because either God's word and vision for his church is true or it's a lie. And if God's vision for his church is a lie, let's shut down and go home. Sleep in. Oh, I'm sorry, you are. Once was enough, I got enough looks from the congregation. <laughs> God has postured his church for great purpose and great design. And if the church 
will follow the vision of God for his kingdom, then we'll make a difference. If not, then we're just a nice group of people that meet in a cornfield. And I don't know about you, I'm not interested in meeting in a cornfield. If we're not going to be doing God's will in this house and God's vision for this house, let's go home. Let's go south. Dear Jesus, let's go south. You can ride Harleys every day. Catch bugs with your teeth. I feel, Brother Terry's in the back giving me witness. Hallelujah. God's will is clear. Not everybody's going to follow God's will. Somebody said to me one time, well, you know, I don't like my church. The pastor really doesn't preach, you know, he doesn't preach really anything biblical. He, like, takes it from the newspaper. And I said, well, you know, why are you there? Well, that's my church. No, that's your building. It's a building. It's not the church. The church has to follow God, especially in these last days. The apostate churches are still going to have the name church over top. What makes a difference is God's will being done inside. And as the church comes together, we're going to make a difference. Turn to someone and say, we got to make a difference. This means that you got a job to do. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Means you got a job to do. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. It means your fanny's got to stop spreading on the chair so much. And you got to get your feet moving. Kumbaya, my Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we are the body of Christ, that each one of us are fitly formed and put together by God. Each one of us, according to Matthew chapter 25, have been given gifts and talents, and we've been called in the vision of God. You see, God didn't have you born 500 years ago. He had you born for this moment and this time, for this season, to be part of this house, so that you're in this house doing God's will and gifts that he's given you. That means the body will move with fluidity to accomplish the very task of heaven. You see, when one is not moving properly, when one of the body is not fulfilling God's will corporately, then the body is interrupted. I want you to realize, take your finger and don't use it for a day. Strap it down. Man, you can have all the other four, but you're going to find every finger, whether it's your pinky, whether it's your thumb, whether it's your index finger, every finger makes a difference. Every finger makes fluidity happen. It's not that it won't happen, but when it's all moving correctly, God's vision will be accomplished and it's going to be accomplished faster. I said faster. I said faster. There's a metatata work that God is going to do in these last days. The Greek metatata literally means it's going to happen not in the speed of time, but faster than that, it's going to be perpetuated and propelled. But if the body of Christ isn't doing their job as individuals, if we're not listening to the will of God as the church, Amen. I'm so excited. We're going to put on the largest, the largest rock the city we have ever seen before. I know my staff don't like the term rock the city, but I like it. We're going to rock the city for Jesus. We're going to spend, I believe, near 60 to $70,000. Listen, 60 to, we're going to give away two cars this year. We're going to have so much food to give away. We've got even vendors that are saying, I'll show up. 
Listen, everybody's saying, Pastor, this is the first time we're hearing this. Not my staff. I said this. Because I said this. I didn't say how much. Sixty is $70,000 this year for Rock the City. Why? Because we need to rock our city, and there's no better place to put the money than in the people that need Christ. Amen. Amen. What's that, my love? God always funds it. He always does. We've never lacked in this house, not even once. Now, the last type of vision is called personal vision. And this is where most of us struggle the most. We struggle having personal vision. We literally live hand to fist. We literally live hoping to make it by another day. We literally live, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen in my life. We're always just kind of waiting to get blindsided. But the only way you can be blindsided is if you don't see. And when you have the God that is all-seeing and all-knowing, then you don't need to, through revelation knowledge, be caught from behind. So having prophetic vision in your personal life is a priority to who you are. Many of you are the same people you were 15 years ago, just a little bit more stout and jolly. Some of you do the same exact thing every single day. You have the same struggles all the time. Nothing's changed in your life. And that is because of the lack of prophetic vision. God never called you to stymie. God never called you to shudder. God never called you to stutter. God never called you to trip up. God called you to run. You see, in the running of the race, that's what Paul called it, I run this race to win. When we run the race, we don't have to trip constantly. We don't have to have problems all the time. We can fix our eyes on Jesus, call those things which are not, and declare that God is able to do abundantly above all I can even ask or imagine, and I can live in success and not in failure. But that doesn't come from God. What? That doesn't come from God. That comes from you. God gives the vision. He provides the provision. But you and I must tap in to call those things, to walk by faith, to live in faith, to say those things. Even as God created in the book of Genesis chapter 1, he saw it. Everything that you have and want, desire, was first and is established in heaven first. It does not come to earth until you grab it from heaven and bring it to earth. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you recognize the will of God, you recognize that this isn't a temporal, this isn't a religious uh, activity. This is a supernatural revelation as you're tapping into the God who knows your yesterday, your today, and your future, and you're saying, God, I don't want to live 2020 hindsight. I want to live in triple vision. I see your vision for the kingdom. I see your vision for the church. Now I need to see your vision for my personal life so that I can be the best born-again, Holy Ghost-filled believer that you've called me to be. God said in the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 17, he said, before they were, I called them in. We've got to learn how to do this. We've got to have that seeing faith of Joshua. 
Joshua chapter six, verse one and two, it says this. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its kings and its mighty men of valor. Joshua saw the victory before the walls ever came down. That's called prophetic vision. He knew the prophetic vision was to take the promised land. We all know that God wants us to get to heaven. Say amen. amen. Promised land. But we all have Jerichos in our life. Joshua did not destroy Jericho because he was strong. Joshua destroyed Jericho because he listened to prophetic revelation. He listened to prophetic vision. And God said, see it? The walls. Now watch. This is what Joshua's seeing. He's seeing walls so high you can't scale. Walls so wide that they literally ran two chariots across them at the same time. Walls were filled with men mocking the children of Israel, laughing at them because they knew they were impenetrable. But you see what man can't do, God can do. And when you get the prophetic vision in your life individually and corporately, then I want you to recognize you can call those things which are not as you see them in the spirit as though they already are you don't have to live the way the world lives oh God that bothers me that bothers me that bothers me I was talking to Jesus about it this week God I don't I'm different I'm not the same I shouldn't have to deal with always the same things yes they might come but they can't stay I'm different. I'm a son of God. I can't look at them the same way. I can't deal with them the same way. I can't look at Jericho like everybody else saw Jericho. I've got to see it through the eyes of heaven, the eyes of the revelator, the eyes of the king of kings. And he said, Joshua, see, I have already given you the city and its mighty men. Not just the city, but its mighty men. Then they obeyed God. Then they, they, they obeyed God. You see, you can have a prophetic vision, but with the lack of obedience, it will never manifest in your life. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You see, when you learn and I learn how to obey, we actually learn how to trust. Trust and faith are synonymous. They're the same word. The more you trust God, the more you obey God, even when it makes absolute march around the walls for six days. What? And on the seventh day when you march... Thank you. Do it this way. You, you don't have a choice if you want to succeed. As believers, man, our vision many times and who God has actually called us to be. Now I want you to realize many people will never fulfill God's will for their life. Number one, because they've never seen. And number two, they refuse to obey. 
When you learn how to see and obey, you actually break into a different realm in your life. That even when hell is licking your toes, you got great asbestos on your feet. You don't have to get burned. It's not that it's not real. You don't deny facts, but you declare truth. And when you live in the truth, the truth makes you free. But you'll never be free unless you live the truth, which is the prophetic revelation of the word of God, and then individually released to you. We cannot be who everyone else is. And in 2021, I'm challenging you today. I'm going to challenge you with this, what's called a faith wall. All of you, reach down and grab your piece of paper. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a motion of your body. A faith wall is going to bring change to you individually in God's vision for your life. We're going to ask you to create a faith wall. Do we have, there we go. Faith wall, I will do a new thing. That's our verse for the year. Next one. Can we have them individually put up on this one and then on the back have something different? That would, that'd be great. I want you to create a poster board. And on the poster board, I want you to have different colors. How many of you know God gave us colors? Colors stimulate. Actually, how many of you know you have a blue envelope that is your tithe envelope? Do you know why it's blue? Because blue helps you give. You didn't even know that, did you? Blue is a color that brings a calming. Am I telling secrets? We give out of a calming of our spirit and obedience to God. So we made our tithe envelopes blue. Colors God created to stimulate you. And I want you to create what's called a faith wall. It's so much fun because you can sit down with your family, your husband, your wife, or your children, or even by yourself, and you can create a faith wall of your vision that God has given you for 2021. Now, I want you to hear me. The majority of people that do a faith wall actually come back at the end of the year and say, Pastor, you'd be blown away how much of the faith wall was actually accomplished, if not all of it. I never thought possible. I never, I never believed that this could happen, but I put it on my faith wall and started doing what God did, and that is declaring the revelation that I see before I can touch. So I want you to use certain colors. Green or gold for financial. Orange for health. Blue for intellectual achievement. Pink for love and joy. It can be pink in every one of the boxes. Yellow for, for increased spiritual understanding. So what I want you to do is I want you to create a faith wall that you're going to put where you usually go. Now, you should create two faith walls. Number one, put it on your refrigerator. How many of you go to the refrigerator at least once a day? 
twice a day, three times a day, all the day long. Put one of these poster boards on your refrigerator and then put the other one. Oh, Jesus, help us all. Put it in the throne room. Instead of wasting time scrolling through Facebook, use it as a time to stir a vision. Wherever you are, maybe it's in your office at work and you can slide it somewhere where they can't see it and, and tell you to take it down. But I want you to create a faith wall and it's gonna be a big poster board and on there is these different colors and on there I want you to have faith and believe God for more than you have right now in your financial, your health, your intellectualism, your love and joy and your increased spiritual blessing. I want you to recognize that God has more for you than you even can comprehend. And this comes as you and I focus on the will of God. But you'll never focus if you do not write it. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter two, write the vision. The more you write it, the more you're gonna see it come to fruition. This is what I want you to do. I not only want you to write on your faith wall, but I want you to go and get a magazine. No, don't steal them from your doctor's office. I said, go get a magazine and cut out pictures of what you're believing for. I remember my wife and I were believing for something. We actually went and took a photo, uh, took, a, took a picture and cut it out pasted it on there, and I had one in the throne room. Amen, that's where I usually, you know, that's where it was. And I would, every time I was on the throne, I'm saying, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, by faith for that thing that I'm declaring, and I'd call it forth and call it forth and call it forth. And literally, last year, it was provided for us, and we chose not to take it. But it was there. And I chose and will understand that God designs and desires to bless me. So I want you to draw pictures. I want you to, maybe you're an artist, draw photographs or take photographs of what you're believing for. But we've got to make sure that we're moving forward. This is the year to change. Turn to someone and say, change. Tell somebody else, change. Being who you are is not good enough anymore. What? God has more. He has gooder for you. God has the best for you, not survival for you. He wants to bless you, but he can't bless you unless you can see it. James, you need, James is single. James, stand up, please. James is single, looking for a beautiful wife. He's going to get in the Holy Ghost right now. <laughs> I know he's going to have on his faith wall a woman. He already got one. He's already got one. He's already got it on the faith wall. <laughs> I love you, James. You're awesome, dude. Who else is single needs somebody? We'll, we'll just do pairing right now. We'll just do a bunch of pairing right now. Buddy is single. Buddy, stand up. Buddy. Buddy, stand up. Buddy is single. He might not want anybody. He might not put it on the faith wall. He's going to be too busy this year launching the new youth, youth campus for, for uproar in Elmira. 
Got to stay focused. No women allowed. What I want you to do, it's right on your thing, is I want you to create your faith wall, and then I want you to take a picture of it and send it to me, or put it on HT Family on our Facebook page. And what I want you to do is, listen, you can get far enough back so no one has to see your details, but I want you to do it, and I want you to believe big. I want you to believe bigger than you've ever believed before. Listen, if you can, if you can do it yourself, it's not big enough. If somebody else can provide it, it's not big enough. If it's not God vision, then it's really not vision. It's got to be bigger than you. And so in every one of those color boxes, whether it's intellectual, whether it's spiritual, whether it's fat, whatever it is, I want you to believe big. And then every day, every day, turn to someone and say, every day. Do you know what's amazing is that the people of the world have understood this before the church did. That, that you speak over, I'm trying to remember which book it is, it's one of those old ones, uh, Think and Grow Rich, I think it is. Think and Grow Rich teaches, they, they actually teach secular people biblical principles. And they teach them, when you get up in the morning, speak the vision. At lunch, speak the vision. When you go to bed, speak the vision. While the church is sitting back and go, where are you, God? Speak the vision. So over your faith wall, I want you to declare over it. Morning, noon, and night. That's why we have it near the fridge. That's why we have it near the throne. That's why you got to have to have a little small copy at work or something. So that stirs you. And then you start declaring it. You be just like God did. God said he called those things which were not as though they already are. I want you to pray for them. And then I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. By faith, I receive what I've decreed. I, by faith, I receive what's on that faith book. I don't know how you're going to pull it off. I don't know what you're going to do. But I know this, that God, you are able to do abundantly above. God, I put my faith where you live, in the supernatural. So this week is a little practical. I preached really long. I apologize. Not really, but I try to. You need to have triple vision. God's ultimate vision. The vision for the church. If you're not doing anything in church, you don't have vision for God's house. And number three, you need to have personal vision. Not yours, God's for you. You're not too young and you're not too old to have greater. God wants to accelerate you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Is that all right? Good, praise God. Bow your heads with me this morning. I always give an altar call. Why is that? Because that's the greatest thing on the faith wall. That is that you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not going to wait long. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior but want him in your life, I'd like you to slide your hand up right now. Is there anyone in the room that needs Jesus Christ to save them from their sin? Remember, we're all sinners. The only way not to go to the lake of fire is that you and I accept the blood sacrifice that Christ paid for. And that's the only way. Today, if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, I'd like you to slide your hand. I'm not going to wait long. Five, four, three, two. Thank you. Appreciate it, young man. And last call. Anybody else? And one. Let's all stand to our feet. God, I thank you that this is a church of vision, that we are a church that believes that you are greater than some religion. We thank you that you are alive, Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
We thank you, Jesus, that you have a great design and purpose for your church and us individually. That's why we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That before we were formed in our mother's womb, you knew us. And I pray in Jesus' name that any chaos will have to come into order. Any confusion will be expelled by the clarity of the word. That Jesus, any attack of the enemy will be bound in Jesus' name. God, I declare that this church, individually and corporately, will accelerate and change forward so much this year that we'll even exceed what we accomplished in the last five. Lord, shake our heads at the end of this year and say, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Lord, we love you. Thank you for allowing us to serve you. Thank you for sending Jesus for us. We adore you. We need you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before you sit down, you actually, you're not going to sit down. I went late. I don't even have time for Pastor Rhonda to do the offering. Um, I'm going to ask that you give. Listen, there, there should never be a need to crank it out of you. Amen. This is this is you obeying God. This is part of the blessing of the financials. Some of you have never tithed. Put that on your faith wall this year. Amen. Put it on your faith wall that you'll actually tithe and not just throw a buck or two in the plate, but that you'll obey God in fullness. Father, I just speak blessing. Let us enjoy life and let us enjoy faith. Don't forget tonight, prayer and fasting. We love you. I can't wait. Come ready. Come ready and come hungry. Amen. 6 p.m. We'll see you tonight.